The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I am your host, Corbin Ford. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, like the intro said at the jump. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos. Online, SportsEthos.com. All of the amazing fantasy info that you may need, you can find there, not only for basketball, not only for the um, old, I guess, passes now, football, but guess what? It's coming back. You see free agency. But also baseball. Got gambling, you got your wagers, all of that. One more time, Sports Ethos on Twitter, at Sports Ethos, online, SportsEthos.com. Also, ladies and gentlemen, while you are at it, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. The single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter follow now today is tuesday march 22nd i am exhausted i hate how early in the week it takes me to get my gather like to get myself going because i'm still like exhausted from the week weekend or week before even though this weekend i had a good excuse i was moving and that wiped me out okay it was sort of a good excuse point being i'm still tired like i feel like i've worked a whole week and it's day two so you know not super great but you know what was great we had amazing slate of games last night. Just an amazing slate um, from the top down, which is rare to find in my own humble opinion as we reach the end of the season. Because, you know, outside of the teams in the playing tournament, and this year, I mean, in the West at least, it's pretty sad. But you don't really have, you know, teams that are really playing as much as kind of gearing up and getting ready for the postseason. You know, and, and it starts earlier and earlier, it feels, every single year. But that being said, we had a, a bunch of good games last night. We're just going to dive right in. Uh, let's get the little ones out the way first. And by little, I mean these games were exciting and good. They weren't like the marquee matchups, but they were decent games. The Trailblazers outlasted the Pistons in a game that I thought was going to be really rough. Both teams going nowhere fast but the lottery. The Blazers win 119-115. to 115. Uh, Brandon Williams, man, who is so new to the NBA um website they don't have a picture for him <laughs> he had 23 points six rebounds and three assists to kind of pace the blazers uh he wasn't alone you had 21 points from ben mclemore uh, including five three-pointers 17 points from drew eubank 16 points from cj ellaby um and then a double um double figures in scoring for both trenton watford as well as justice winslow for the pistons uh their leader in this game was Cade cunningham with 25 points Three rebounds and seven assists, but you also had 25 points and five rebounds for Sadiq Bay, who's been on an absolute tear this past month. You had 15 points and nine boards from Marvin Bagley, who seems to have finally been freed, which has been great. 12 points for Killian Hayes, along with five rebounds and six assists. 11 points for Luca Garza, and 8 points for Isaiah Stewart, um, who had 13 rebounds as well. I'm only saving him for last, not because he was the best, but um, there was uh, some slight I want to say humor before the Blazers game because you had Sadiq Bey walking around with the nickname uh, Mr. Big Shot that was appointed to him by Isaiah Stewart, who either is ignorant or 
just unaware of the history of that name. And so reporters had asked um, Blazers coach Chauncey Bose about that, and Chauncey's like, uh, yeah, who's calling him that? Like, that name is taken, which is hilarious because when word inevitably gets back to Isaiah Stewart, it's like, wait, who? You know? <laughs> it's funny. I think we need to make a thing where, listen, if it's on Basketball Reference, then the name is locked. You know? I did not like the whole Mellow, Mellow. Like, there's only one Mellow I subscribe to, and that's Carmelo Anthony. LaMelo Ball, you know, they need to be shortened to LaMelo. It's just Mellow. I mean, did I just make my own argument? Is there? I don't know. I'm tired. doesn't matter. For me, LaMelo Ball is just LaMelo. And Carmelo is Mellow, because Carmelo has had that name far longer. And yes, this means something to me. It's important. I'm wasting a moment out of this show to explain that Carmelo Anthony is just mellow and LaMelo can keep his whole name because he came later. And unless he outplays Carmelo through the course of his career, you can't take someone else's nickname. I said it. Yeah, I said it. Anyways, moving right along. Have some more games to break down. This was a fun one. But you had the Bulls getting back to their winning ways um, against a team that isn't exactly in... I mean, probably is closer to them, actually, in terms of all things being equal, where they are record-wise. But the Raptors, I put a rung below the Bulls, even though their records are remarkably similar. The Bulls just beat the Raptors, 113-99. to Zach Levine, 26 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. But he did have help, as always, DeMar DeRozan, who's been his wingman all year, uh, if in many ways has led this team. 26 points, 5 rebounds for DeRozan. You had uh, 11 points for Ayodusumu. You had 19 points and 13 rebounds for Nikola Vucevic. And then Alex Caruso, who did not shoot well, uh, just 2 of 7 from the field, knocked down 2 3, 7 points, did have 6 assists, which were um, tied for the most on the Bulls alongside Levine and his usual great defense. For the Raptors, you had 22 points for Pascal Siakam. I uh, was just listening to Nate Duncan, Danny Roos Dunk on podcast, have Pascal Siakam as the 5th best small for- um, power forward. And at first I was like, Really? Not because I think that Pascal Siakam is bad at all. Like, he is very good. And over the last couple of um, months, this year entirely, actually, he's been remarkably better, considering that last year was more of a dud, including the postseason. But I'm looking, I'm like, yeah. Like, it's not to say anything about the the lack at, at the power four position, which I think there's a little bit of, but also Pascal Siakam has clearly proven that he's in the upper echelon of the power forwards in the NBA. Anyways, 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists for him. You had a pair of 19-point scores in Fred Van Vliet and Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher added 10 rebounds. Fred Van Vliet flew in 9, threw in 9 assists as well. Scotty Barnes didn't have the greatest shooting night, only 8 points on 3 of 9 from the field. Uh, but he did have 6 rebounds and 5 assists, so he chipped in where he could. Uh, Precious Achua, 6 points, 9 rebounds. One question, brother. You're 0 of 5 from 3. Like, you're not that good of a 3-point shooter in general. Does it have to take shooting five of them to realize it's not your night? I mean, over his last five games here, 0-5, 2-4, 3-8, 1-3, 0-3. Like, can we maybe get your sweet spot to threes to about three? That makes sense to me, right? I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. It's not that big a deal, but I'm just saying, yeah, those possessions back. Yeah, you still lose by a good chunk, but come on. Anyways. You know, Bulls win Chicago. Um, beating winning teams is always a great thing. So that is good. Um, speaking of a, a team winning, Houston Rockets behind a monster game from Christian Wood. Career high 39 points, 10 rebounds, 8 of 9 from 3, 2 assists as well. 
beat the Washington Wizards 115-97. to Like I said, this is a Christian Wood show. Uh, it's been an up-and-down year for Wood, up-and-down year for the Rockets, uh, mostly down. But 39 points on 77% shooting from the field is amazing. You had 17 points from Jalen Green, who's been playing so much better since the All-Star break. 15 points for Eric Gordon. 11 for Kevin Porter Jr. Um, I'll tell you this. I like Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, I think we need to get him off the point guard spot. Like, that's not his position. A ball handling small forward. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Maybe more of a Brandon Ingram light kind of role in terms of, you know, going through the fire as a point guard without ever actually being a point guard. But this, this right here, no. I'm good, personally. Anyways, Washington, uh, not a whole lot to speak of. I mean, they got blown out. But they got some bounce scoring across their uh, first four, at least. Kristaps Porzingis had 22. Rihachimura had 16 points, along with eight rebounds. 13 points for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, alongside Corey Kispert, who was 3 of 7 from 3. And then your bench, you know, scattered performance as well. Uh, eight points in six rebounds for Daniel Gafford. Seven points and four assists for Denny Avija. Uh, six points. 10 assists for Raul Neto, who is the other starter. Um, he did not play well, though. 1-8 from the field, 0-2 from 3. One guy who didn't bring on the offensive end for them. Uh, but ultimately, they just couldn't stop Christian Wood. He dominated from the get. Like I said, he was knocking down everything. And, you know, every guy deserves one of those nights, I think. And last night was Christian Woods. Celtics beat the Thunder 132-123. to 123. Trey Mann came in and for a moment was the hottest player on planet Earth. Trey Mann could not miss a shot. Trey Mann, throughout the course of the game, actually, was pretty red hot. 35 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He was 13-21 from the field, 7 of 12 from 3. The 35 points um, is a, a, a rookie uh, high, like a franchise high for the Thunder, which it's kind of crazy when you consider all the great kind of scores that came before him. I don't know, like Kevin Durant, you know, um, look at um, Russell Westbrook. You know, they, they've, had, they've had some guys. They've had some guys. So, I mean, even Reggie Jackson, I would have thought, could got a hot one night, but whatever. Um, I'm only starting with that because that was kind of the performance of the game for me. Uh, but, yes, it was pretty much all Celtics aside from that. Jason Tatum, 36 points on pretty good shooting efficiency himself. 57% from the field, 5'11 from three. You had 20 points and 10 boards for Grant Williams. You had 18 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists for Derek White. Let's not forget that Jalen Brown had 25 points, 3 boards, through and uh, 1 assist, uh, settling in nicely, I think, in terms of finding a sweet spot in scoring alongside Tatum. Um, it was a good performance for them. 18 points for Peyton Pritchard. 5 threes. Great game. Uh, going back to the Thunder, 31 points for Shea Gibbs-Alexander, who has not only been scoring so well post-All-Star break, but also so efficiently as well. In this game, 13-23, knocked down all four of his threes. That backcourt really did all the scoring for OKC. I mean, yes, you had 22 points and 10 boards from Darius Baisley. And you also had 19 points um, and 6 rebounds from Alexei uh, Pokashevsky. But that was really it in terms of the scoring department for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, we know where they're going, you know. But hey, at least they're putting up games where they're mm, somewhat close, pretty competitive. And you have Shea Gilders-Alexander looking like a top 25 player in the NBA. Yeah, that's what I would say. All right, Nets beat the Jazz, 114-106. Kevin Durant, monster performance, 37 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. That was more than enough to outlast the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell, who had 30 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. You also had a very solid game from one Mike Conley, 18.7 assists on 7-12 shooting. Uh, Mitchell did not shoot well from the field, 9-23, uh, but he did shoot a lot. 
So did Jordan Clarkson off the bench with 19 points and six boards on 719 shooting. This Jazz game felt really disjointed. I mean, defensively, um, you know, they had Hassan Whiteside playing drop uh, for most of the 17 minutes, which is not a good thing on Kevin Durant, who was absolutely electric. Already mentioned 37 points. That I mentioned 15-23 shooting to do it. I did not. And Kevin Durant let the Jazz know about it. Um, specifically, specifically, Hassan Whiteside, because he got given these open pockets of air. It does not take much for Kevin Durant when you're guarding him, just because of how tall he is, to have a slither daylight to knock in a jumper. Imagine giving a step or two between the big receding under the basket, Kevin Durant coming over the top of the pick, and you have, like, a good three feet of space between three-point line and inside the arc. Like, for a shooter like KD, that's money. Cash. All day. So, not really sure what the Jazz are doing. Honestly, in general, not sure what the Jazz are doing. Rudy Gobert? 11 points, 4 rebounds, 4 or 5, but like, really? I mean, it wasn't like the Jazz were red hot. You had two guys taking up a lion's share of the offense, and Mike Conley, who did it in a more efficient manner, but like, you couldn't get Rudy Gobert more than 5 attempts? And Rudy Gobert, you couldn't get more than 4 rebounds? I'm just saying, I mean, the, the Nets aren't exactly a rebounding powerhouse, but they did out-rebound the Jazz 41-37. to You had 9 for Kevin Durant. Seven for Bruce Brown, who had 22 points as well. Six rebounds for Nick Claxton, who had 15 points as well. Like, the Nets did it by committee. The Jazz didn't really do it at all. So, not sure where to go with that. The Jazz have been such an interesting team. If they lose in the first round, I really hope that there's some type of change. Whether it is Rudy Gobert going somewhere, whether it is Donald Mitchell going somewhere, whether it is Quinn Snyder finding a new home. Like, the Jazz feel like they've kind of reached their plateau of what they are, which is a really solid team. But, like... I don't know, like, they're solid, that's that's really the best I can say, and when that's all I can say, I, I don't know if that's great, like, they're not solid, like, oh, perennial, you know, uh, second round possible Western Conference Finals opponents, no, they're like a solid regular season team, they'll probably win the first round just because they rank so high, um, and they're so much better than, like, the seventh or eighth seed, but then they play, like, the fourth seed or the fifth seed, and it's like, yeah, they're actually, this is about their level, and that's not, I don't know, that's not, that's not where I think the Jazz should be, I don't know, just my thoughts there. The Dallas Mavericks are getting quite a reputation as street killers. I was talking to my friend Anarud last night, and yeah, I mean, if you go to Dallas and you have something of a win streak going, it might be time to consider uh, rethinking that. That that's 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 really just what it is. Um, the message has been street busters. Just check out their, their schedule. Check out some of their opponents. I'm just letting you do some homework here. But they did it yet again. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who had been one. Let's pull one out for the Timberwolves. And not in a bad way. I don't know if that's the right expression. Let's give the Timberwolves some credit. There we go. I'll just be simple. Um, who have been playing great. They literally scrapped, clawed, defended, shot their butts off back into a sixth seed, or into a sixth seed spot, rather. And um, that was great. I did not see the Timberwolves there. I saw them more in that 7 to, to, to 12 uh, range, more 7 to 10, but definitely not 6. Anyway, they come to Dallas. They aggravate and, you know, really make Luka Doncic super uncomfortable. Uh, just all shout-outs to Pat Bev for that. Luka ends up going 5-17 from the field, 3-11 from three. You know, they, again, are clawing their way through. They out-rebound the Mavericks, um, and they still lose. And a lot of that goes to how well other Mavericks play. I mean, you had six players in double digits for Dallas. Uh, and, and that was the strong part, the balance there. Uh, they were led of, by all people, Dwight Powell, who had 22 points and 8 rebounds, didn't miss a single shot. 
You also had 20 points off the bench from Spencer Dinwiddie, who did not shoot well from three, just one of six from there, but overall was solid. Eight rebounds, uh, three assists. You had a pair of 15-point uh, games from both Luka Doncic already and, of course, Jalen Brunson. 15 points from Dorian Finney-Smith. And then 18 points from Reggie Bullock, who found his way from three. All of his shots are three. He was 6 of 11 from there, along with seven rebounds. Like, that balance going up and down is what you're looking for to offset a bad Luka Doncic night. And it's almost the inverse of what happened in the Mavericks' previous game, um, where Luka Doncic scored 38 points, and yet the Mavericks still had a loss. So you, you would much rather take this game where other Mavericks respond and play better and help Luka out to make up for that. Because, like I said, um, when Luka's having a great game, yeah, you put yourself in a position to win. But as the Hornets showed, if Luka's not, or Luka is having a good game, but no other Maverick is helping him, we saw this Saturday when the Hornets won by almost 30. Like, yeah, Luka had 38 points. Great. Hornets get the win. Awesome. This was much better for them. And that's not to discount Minnesota. Um, you know, honestly, they... Could have shot better from the field as a team. Uh, you had Anthony Edwards, 5 of 13. Pat Bev, 2 of 10. Uh, D'Angelo Russell and Torian Prince, 6 of 16 apiece. Like, that's not super great, you know? Uh, Carlton Towns could have definitely got more than 17 shot attempts, uh, but he finished with 22 points, 8 rebounds in spite of that. So, there is that. Uh, they didn't have as balanced scoring. Again, of their starters, you had three guys in double figures. The 22 for Carl Anthony Towns, 19, 6 rebounds and 3 assists for Anthony Edwards, and then 18 points, 5 rebounds and 4 assists for D'Angelo Russell. Off the bench, you need more. You only had one guy in double figures. That was Torian Prince, who was 17. Malik Beasley, only 3 of 5 in 27 minutes. That's not going to cut it, just 7 points. 6 points for Jalen Noel. 5 points for Nas Reed. Like, that's not enough. You know, when Pat Bev is giving you eight and Jared Van Vanderbilt is giving you four and you're playing a team like Dallas, who was already a pretty electric offense, but um, especially here where they were balanced, you, you need more up and down. But honestly, this game was a fun, exciting game, definitely on one of the rewatchables list, which I'm going to make a, a record for next year because, um, yeah, the games that you could just like tune back in and already know you're in for a treat, like out of every season. There's so many of them, but they just get lost in the weeds. So, definitely want to check out. And yeah, Dallas held off the Timberwolves to get the win with this loss. The Timberwolves slide back into the seventh seed. But, you know, they're still there. They're still nipping and tugging. It's by no means over in terms of that race for six. There's still plenty of time left. But the Wolves, I mean, you can't lie, the Wolves did lose a little bit of ground there. Um, right now, they do hold the tiebreaker over the six-seed Denver Nuggets. Um, and they actually will have a final head-to-head meeting with Minnesota. So that'll be interesting. But, um, yeah, Denver's lost three straight at home. We'll see what happens. They actually play the Clippers tonight on TNT, so we'll talk about that. Meanwhile, the Timberwolves are going to take their... Uh, in, it's going to be a very fun game, which I'm blacked out of, so I can't really see. They're going to take their style of play, their scrapping, to see if they can bounce back... Um, with their 6.5 game cushion over the Clippers when they play the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday. That should be interesting. I am very, very excited to see how that game turns out. All right, we have one more score to go into here. Uh, Don't want to say I saved the best for last because all these games are fun, but, I mean, the Lakers got to win, right? We got to talk about it. Uh, Lakers beat the Cavs. Yes, it's not a misprint. The Lakers beat the Cavs 131-120. to 
LeBron James had a monster triple-double, uh, 106 in his career, the fifth this season, 38 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. That was more than enough to outlast Darius Garland's 29 points and 17 assists. But LeBron did not do it alone. You had 20 points, yes, off the bench from a <gasps> DJ Augustine. I know. This is probably the first significant game he's had as a member of the Lakers. He had other good stints on LA, like, so far, um, in the second half of the season, but, like, the first complete good game, didn't miss a shot, didn't do anything else, really, uh, two turnovers, no assists, no rebounds, but seven to seven of the field, all six of his threes, Yakum. he also had 20 points as a starter from Russell Westbrook, <laughs> who had 11 assists as well, who was also efficient in doing so, uh, really good solid game from Russ, and this is actually, uh, a nice little stretch of solid games he's building. I can't go and use that calendar that I made fun of where it shows, you know, Russ kind of slumping in the first half of the season and then really doing good and then going back to him. Like, the whole schedule is just throw that in the trash. But over his last three games, 21 points per game, 8 rebounds, 9.7 assists, shooting 53% from the field, 8 of 16 from 3, and is a plus 29. Like, if we can get a Russ more like that, He's still going to be a do-it-all guy. Like, I don't think his stat padding, yeah, maybe some of the triple-doubles were, but he's someone who does impact the stat sheet in more ways than one. He is going to rebound. He is going to give you assists. He is going to shoot the ball. If we can get that efficiency and that three-point shooting somewhere in that sweet spot, just below 50%, you know, 50% from the field, just below 50% from three, then you're in a great spot if you're Russell Westbrook. And that's the kind of Russell Westbrook the Lakers have needed all year. Obviously, it's not the one they got, but, you know, whatever, whatever. Let bygones be bygones. He's playing that way now. That's the most important. But after that 20 points um, from Augustine and Westbrook, you also had 12 points from Malik Bunk. Didn't knock down a three, but two rebounds, three assists. You had 11 points, five rebounds, and six assists from Austin Reeves. A much better bounce back game after the Duddy threw up last game. Nine points from William Gabriel, who did not knock down a three, but has continued to show his energy in that power forward spot. Uh, a position Lakers have been cycling through with AD being down. I mean, they tried Trevor Reeves already. They tried Stanley Johnson, who had 12 points. They tried Carmelo, who... Um, played 13 minutes and had five points and five boards like winning Gabriel I don't think he's locking down that spot nor do I think he should but I do like the fact that he is bringing that energy and honestly he's been a great uh, dynamic role guy I uh, didn't find his way from three-point land last night but listen you know he can knock down that shot it was great but let's go back to LeBron who did 30 had 38 points did efficiently didn't knock down a three but was 17 29 from the field had a number of monster dunks including one where he just obliterated kevin love and he said he felt bad he turned the corner he saw k love coming up to set up for a, a, a charge potentially and he was like nah don't do it that's what lebron said after um it didn't matter in the dunk because he just absolutely detonated on kevin love and it was unfortunate uh i do like the fact lebron said it's not even on his list of top dunks because k loves his guy like yes the brotherhood lasts it stands on but Kevin Love, wow, like, that wasn't cool, man, like, you did not need to be on his highlight reel, like, you won a championship with him, like, come on, man, come on, man, that's gonna happen, though, that's gonna happen, but jeez, uh, for Caleb's part, eight points, six rebounds, four assists, two threes, but three eight from the field, uh, speaking of the Cavs, you had the 29 from Darius Garland, you had 18 points from Laurie Markkinen, who knocked down four three-pointers, you had, uh, he had nine rebounds as well. You had 16 points and six boards for Lamar Stevens, 13 points and five rebounds for Evan Mobley, 12 points for Isaac Okoro, off the bench, 13 points and four rebounds for Karis LeVert, and that's all, folks. Chaddy Osman had five points, but on pretty bad shooting, and that was really it. Um, the Cavs, you know, they played well. They just kind of ran into a buzzsaw. That was the Lakers, and yes, it sounds so weird and almost so wrong to say that, the buzzsaw that was the Lakers, but like... 
I don't know another way to say it. The Lakers played amazing. There it is. Uh, as for the Lakers moving on, listen, one game at a time, all that jazz. They locked into a playing spot, so it doesn't really matter, but they do host Philadelphia on Wednesday night. Can they win back-to-back games for the first time since January 7th? I think not, but we will find out. Meanwhile, the Cavs will visit Toronto on Thursday night in another game that should be fun. The Cavs have been such a fun team. It took a minute for, I would say, most of the general collective to realize that this is how the Cavs are going to be. It took me even longer than that, but once it happened, like, let's go. Right, news. Jamal Crawford. Yesterday on his 42nd birthday, so one, happy birthday to Jamal Crawford, but he officially announced his retirement. That's right, the great Jamal Crawford retired for the game of basketball, said his goodbye, three times sixth man of the year, only the eighth player in NBA history to play 20 seasons. He actually played 21. Um, spent parts of 21 seasons with nine different teams. He had five with the Clippers, five with the Knicks, and fours with the Bulls. A reliable ISO score. You know, he had a stint with the Clippers from 2012 to 2017 where it just showed kind of his value as a guy who would come off the bench and be something of a backup initiator, but really just more of a backup score. Um, he averaged at least 12 points per game each season with the Clippers, despite only starting 34 total games over his five years with the, with the franchise. He had 51 points with the Phoenix Suns at age 37. Like, this guy was a solid player. Um, it's crazy that like, he... he, he he won to play this year. He really did. I'm surprised that team didn't give him a chance with all the COVID protocol um, issues that were happening earlier this year. But he, he didn't get a shot this year. But, man, he was a hooper. A legendary ball handler, a playmaker, a great locker room guy, someone whose energy and leadership, as you saw on Twitter and from other NBA players, just touched so many guys. I already mentioned the six-man of the year awards. He was a 2018-2019 Twyman Stokes team of the year. Um, and he retires with 19,419 points. That is 61st all-time in NBA history. Um, but yeah, his last little stint was with Brooklyn during the 2019-2020 season, but he suffered an injury after only one game with the team, and that was unfortunate. Didn't get another shot after that. Um, but in his last game with the Suns, like I mentioned, 51 points. Oldest player in NBA history to reach that mark in a single game. Solid. I mean, he was. Um... I think now that is uh, LeBron James with 56. But, like, really, really crazy to see Jamal Crawford get there. Is Jamal Crawford going to be a um, Hall of Famer? I don't think so. I think he's one of those guys with, like, a legendary career um, that you might see on, like, NBA TV. I'm not saying that to disparage him or anything, although that comes with pretty bad, so let me lay off on that. I just think that he was a guy who didn't quite make not, no all-star teams, like, nothing like that that makes you go, okay, you know Jamal Crawford, like, first bout Hall of Famer, um, second bout, I don't see Hall of Famer for Jamal Crawford, I see someone who is just obtained hoops immortality, someone's going to be a playground legend, someone's going to be a, a scoring legend, a six-man of the career legend, like, he's one of those, almost like the cult films that become so popular, they're on their, they're on, like, a shelf of their own, you know, just how special they are, um, Jamal Crawford is like that in the NBA, in my opinion, Career averages 14 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 41% from the field, 34% from 3, 86% from the free throw line. What a career. What a guy. Thank you, Jamal Crawford. Also, injury news. And boy, did we have injury news. Got started with Zion Williamson and Damian Lillard, who are not expected to return this season. For Damian Lillard, 
actually, for either of these guys, not surprising. Um, Damian Lillard only played 29 games. Yeah, the numbers look okay on the surface. 24 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. But his shooting splits were ugly. 40% from the field, 32% from 3. Um, for most of that, he was actually shooting worse uh, from 3 than Russell Westbrook for the year. Uh, he did have the abdominal surgery after he had that stomach issue. And it turned out that, hey, you know, resting for the rest of the season is probably in the Blazers and in Damian Lillard's best interest. So it is good that he's doing that. For Zion Williamson, I mean, this is, like, even less of a surprise than Damian Lillard. It made no sense for Lillard to come back, but, like, at least Lillard played some this year. Zion did not even play this year. Uh, even with the Pelicans chasing a playing spot, better to let him rest, uh, get his foot right, recover fully, and then get back with the Pelicans, with CJ McCollum, with Brandon Ingram next year, and let the Pelicans do what they're going to do this year without him, because there's no need to rush him back, possibly sustain another setback, and then roll this into next year. Like, let's knock this injury bug out, let's hope that Zion gets his training and his body right, and let's just move on, onward and upwards from here. So, that is the hope, uh, it remains to be seen what will happen there. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis for Sacramento is out at least 10 games with uh, a knee soreness. He had a bone contusion in his left knee. Uh, he sustained that during uh, Sunday's game versus Phoenix. He went underwent MRI. There's no structural damage. He expected to make a full recovery. But listen, I mean, you might as well see him out the rest of the year, too. The Kings are going nowhere fast. There's no playing tournament for them this year. Again, Sabonis was your prize of the, of the trade deadline. Rest him. Get him right. Build. Make some solid... Um, I don't know, landmarks that you can look to for next season, but there's no reason in my mind to let DeMontis Sabonis come back this year. Uh, speaking of another guy out for the year, Joe Harris for the Nets underwent a left ankle ligament reconstruction surgery. He is expected to be ready for training camp next season, um, but yeah, he underwent that yesterday. It was performed by Dr. Robert Anderson at the Bellin Hospital in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So we'll see about him making that full recovery and what's going to happen for the former three-point champion who was sorely missed in Brooklyn this season. Um, he had only played 14 games this year. Yeah, blinked, and you wouldn't miss him. 11 points, four rebounds, and one assist. But he didn't look the same even then. So hopefully his ankle is right for sure. Um, it is troubling to me that you have to have another um, kind of touch-up there, another surgery there. But at the same time, you know, if the Nets aren't worried, who am I to be worried about Joe Harris, right? He'll be fine, right? That's the hope. Anyways, games tonight. Got a few of them. Got a few. Uh, you know, March Madness doesn't start until the end of the week here. So you do have uh, TNT and ESPN taking over some duty. Although, um, I don't know if we're going to have uh, Ernie, Charles, and Kenny. No, no, it's the Tuesday crew. So it's going to be Shaq. Um, will they have Candace? Adam Lefko. It's going to be fun to watch out. Anyway. It'll still be NBA on TNT, like we're used to. Only four games tonight, though. Warriors will be playing the Magic at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Eh, I'm going to check it out. Warriors have been up and down. Steph Curry's still been out. The Magic still playing. I mean, they're bad, but they're still fighting and scrapping, so we'll see. 7.30 on TNT. The Hawks will play the Knicks. Both teams definitely underperforming um, compared to expectations, so we'll see how both teams match up against each other. Uh... That's really it. It's not going to have the buzz. I mean, I guess it will, but it's not going to have quite the electricity of last year's playoff series. I will say that. Um, 8 o'clock, you have the Bulls on a back-to-back playing the Bucks. We've seen how the Bulls are playing against teams of records that are better than theirs. So, it remains to be seen how Chicago is going to respond, but I am not overly optimistic. 
But we'll definitely have to check that out. That's going to be an NBA League Pass game of the night. Book it. And then 10 o'clock, last game of the evening, we have the Los Angeles Clippers against the Denver Nuggets. Always one of those games that could just be really, really fun. Denver has a chance to win, snap a three-game home losing streak for the Clippers. Time to get themselves back on the right track. They can at least get back to 500. So those are four games of the night. All right. Well, this has been a fun show, y'all. I appreciate y'all hanging with me today running through your scores, running through some games. Love talking with y'all. Make sure, please, to follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. I would greatly appreciate it. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos, online, sportsethos.com. Hey, y'all, two things. We got a brand-new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on the mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ETHOS when you sign up. Get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest things playing every night. Score points when your props hit. And the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on the winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. Also, quickly, y'all, before we sign off, want to remind y'all also to use coupon code HOOPBALL20. I know we sports ethos, but we still use a hoopball. Just because, shout out to the past. I'm, 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 I'm a sentimental guy. Anyway, HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use the code HOOPBALL20 on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So we got three. All right, that's Thrive Fantasy, that's Manscaped, and that's my bookie. Crazy value there. All right, y'all, appreciate y'all hanging with me to the end. I love y'all. Have a great Tuesday. We are close, just getting through the week each and every day, closer and closer. Tonight, or tomorrow rather, might be time for me to drop my mock draft. I think it's about time. We got 90-something days until, you know, NBA draft time. I think it's about time for me to do that. So stay tuned for that, y'all. But um, until next time. I'm Frosty, y'all stay Frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. Alright, y'all. This has been a Sports Ethos presentation.